Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hi, this is Daily Daf Differently. This is Joshua Kulp. I'm with you again for the uh, Daf Yud Aleph of Masechet Ketubot, page 11 of Masechet Ketubot. Um, I don't know whether you're happy or not, but for today, for the first time, we will not be talking about virginity claims. We won't even be talking about marriage. Um, if you've been sort of yucked out by the last little bit about virginity claims or my somewhat callous way of talking about virginity claims, then you can be relieved. If you um, are sad that we're not talking about virginity claims, well, you can find, I don't think, we're, I'm not sure we're going to come back to it again. Uh, well, maybe we will. I'll give it a, temp, a try. But you can always look at my article. I wrote an article about it and it's on academia.edu. Um, it's called... Uh, Go and enjoy your acquisition, virginity claims in rabbinic literature. So that's just a plug for my article. You can find a couple other articles, including the one I'm going to talk about today. How convenient a segue. So the Mishnah, let me just talk about the Mishnah that appears in the beginning of Daf Yudala. Hagiyord v'hashvuyah v'hashivcha, shenifdu v'nishtinitgaru v'nishtacharu, p'chutot mibanot shroshanim v'yom echad. So a, a convert who converted, a woman who was taken captive, and a slave woman who were redeemed or converted or were freed less than three years old, they have a ketubah of 200. So I didn't promise we wouldn't talk about anything yucky, but I want to explain a little bit about what the um, Mishnah is saying. And Yeshlehem Tanat Batuim, there is a virginity claim for them. The rabbis make an assumption that um, captors masters of slaves and non-Jews uh, rape young girls even under the age of three. I do not know if this is empirically true, but the rabbis assume that it is a possibility. And therefore, anyone who is found in one of those three situations, a non-Jew, a captor, captive, or a slave woman, is assumed slave girl, really, a young girl, to have been raped by her master, Naju, or captor. However, if she changes over into the status of free person, freed Jew, meaning non-captive, redeemed Jew, or Jew by converting, younger than three years, then the uh, her virginity is considered to still be there when uh, she gets married later on in life. Um, I want to make sure you understand, rabbis, by talking about situations, does not mean they condone them. It's important, I think, to remember that legal literature talks about bad situations and not necessarily, or generally speaking, not about normal situations. There are all sorts of terrible situations that uh, the legal consequences of those situations have to be discussed. In any case, what I wanted to point out was the Mishnah believes that a young girl can convert. 
Okay, that's the issue that I want to talk about today is really conversion because the Mishnah describes a child who converts under the age of three. So I wrote an article about the history of conversion and we're used to thinking of conversion as something that's done in front of a court. A person comes to like a rabbi, we think of the rabbi of the Megayer, a converter, who actively, you know, what rabbi converted you? Is a question we sometimes ask. You go in front of a rabbi or a beti in a court, you go through the physical process, and you also accept upon yourself the conversion um, and the kabbalat mitzvot, the acceptance of mitzvot and acceptance of responsibility to be a Jew. Uh, that understanding, I don't believe, existed in the Second Temple period, nor in the Tanaitic period. In those periods, I believe that, and I, I researched this in my article, there is no evidence that the courts were part of the conversion process, and that conversion was, like it is in some religions today, a, a sort of a self-administered process, something that a person decides in their heart, uh, that they want to be a Jew. They want to believe in the Jewish God, in one God, in the particular God of the Jews, in the destiny of the Jewish people, um, and in the land of Israel, and all the major beliefs of Israel. But they don't go in front of somebody else to accept that belief. They just decide on their own. Now, they have to go through the physical steps of circumcision and uh, immersion, which is not also clear in the texts, but is clear by the late uh, Tanaitic period. Um, the problem with that is, how does a child convert? How can a child make the decision to convert? An adult, we understand, the adult says, look, I've learned a little bit about Judaism. I met some Jews, right? And we hear stories like this in Second Temple literature. A guy meets a Jew, is impressed by the Jew, and says, look, I want to I wanna convert. I want your God to be my God, a little bit like reminiscent of Ruth. Uh, and the person doesn't go in front of a court. No one checks the person's sincerity. The person just circumcises themselves if they're a male or has themselves circumcised if they're a male and becomes a Jew. But a katan, a minor can't do that. A minor does not have the um, mental capacity to make that decision. So on the other hand, we have stories of minors converting. So Rav Huna comes along in our sugi, the beginning of Yudal. Amar Rav Huna, ger katan matbirin oto aldat beti. A minor convert they immerse him on the consent of the court. And this, I believe, is one, if not the earliest, mention of the court in the conversion process. Um, and it was a little puzzling. Uh, later, Amoraim and the Rishonim, the Talmudic commentators, assumed that the court was involved in all conversions. So what's different between a minor and an adult? This was uh, something that they had trouble figuring out because it seems like all people have to convert in front of the court. So what's special about the minor? But if we understand that Rav Huna is saying, look, adults might convert without a court, but a minor has to be, and here I think it's very particular, the choice of words, al-dat din, not just with the approval of the court, but that the court assumes the dot, the intention, the awareness, the decision of the child. Now I assume that that 100% of the time this is a kid who's converting with their parents or a foundling. In other words, this isn't a kid who just for some reason the court wants to force conversion on. Right? I don't think that that's the case that we're talking about here. We're talking about a child that converts either with his parents or is a foundling and is being converted um, to join the community. That child cannot make their own decision. And so the 
the court assumes the decision on behalf of the child. And the Talmud discusses the mechanism of this a little bit. But again, I want to emphasize the difference between sort of a critical reading of this statement and the traditional reading. The critical reading says that the court that became customary for conversions in a later period is not yet reflected in this statement. This statement may be one of the first, if not the first case, where a, a rabbi says a court has to be involved in a conversion. Whereas the traditional reading says, ah, courts are always and have always been involved in conversions, and therefore struggles to try to figure out what's different about the court's involvement in the conversion of a minor than in the conversion of an adult. Now, one other statement, we're not going to read the whole sugya over here, that I will leave to you on your own, but one thing that's unique about the minor converting is Amar Rav Yosef, Higdilu Yecholim Limchot. When they get older, they can protest against the conversion. And this is the only case in the Talmud that we see that somebody can convert and undo their conversion. And it makes sense because this person never made the decision to convert. A normal person, when they make their own decision to convert, once somebody converts, they're like a full Israelite. And according to Jewish law, you cannot shed that ethnic identity. But um, Rav Yosef says this is not the same situation. This was a minor who converted based on the, on the decision made by the court. And therefore... Uh, we give that person a chance to shed their Jewish identity when they get older. Now, if they do nothing, if they stay passive, then they remain Jewish. They're going to have to take an active um, denial of their Judaism to get out of it. But nevertheless, in all other cases, a, um, a person who converts cannot convert out. Only the minor can. Um, later rabbis limit this because it's obviously very problematic, but it remains a halacha, uh, maybe not so commonly known, but that a minor could um, reject their conversion when they reach majority age. So uh, if you want to look up more about that article, it's not a hard read, at least I don't think, and it's there also on academia.edu. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.